just because the NFL season is now firmly in the rearview mirror does not mean the betting season is over. Oh, no, 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 no. There is still plenty of opportunities to put a little something-something on the games. The NBA, college basketball, NHL, yes, golf. No matter what tickles your fancy, there is still plenty of action to whet your appetite. But just remember, where you bet is every bit as important, if not more so, than what you're betting on. That's why I tell my friends to go to mybookie.com. A-G. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big DraftKings fan duel, whatever. No, 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 no. Johnny come latelys. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does that matter? Oh, I don't know. In a million ways. Better lines, better payouts, less rules. You name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and have your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Now, make sure you read the rules on payouts regarding bonus wagering. It does require certain levels of wagering to collect your money. But if you just want to bet straight up, you don't want the deposit, you want to make a one-time bet for a million dollars, win it, and then walk away, Fine, you can do that as well. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and most importantly, get paid with my bookie today. Today on the ZABEcast, as we move into a 17-game NFL world, what will happen to one of the most iconic phrases to describe a pointless season? Mr. X is back and ready for spring training. He's got thoughts on quitting versus opting out and the payroll disparity in Major League Baseball. All that plus Dr. Seuss is canceled and Texas declares mask freedom. Your 45-minute dose of pure me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. Here we go. Wednesday, March 3rd, 2021. Thank you for downloading. So, it has been said that some coaches derisively call the NFL an 8-8 eight and eight league, which is to say, hey, every year, every team is right on that 8-8 eight and eight line. You win a couple more than you lose from the 8-8, eight and eight, and suddenly you're 11-5, and five, and you're a genius. You've had a great season. If two or three go the other way, you're 6-10, and 10 and you're probably fired, or something like that. In fact, somebody said Bill O'Brien handsome fella. His hallmark saying was the NFL is an 8-8 eight eight league. This according to a tweet from Seth Payne. So now as we move to a 17-game NFL format next year, what are they going to say about a mediocre, worthless, even-steven season? <laughs> uh, Seth Payne, by the way, hosts the morning show in Houston on 610. And Sean Pendergast, his uh, fellow uh, host on that station said, well, I'll just call it an eight, eight and one league. <laughs> yes. An eight, eight and one league, you know, it's an eight, eight and one league. <laughs> and with ties being a little bit more prevalent now because of the overtime rules, that makes sense. I know this, no season is worth writing home about, as I like to say, unless you win 11, 10 and six. All right. Nice year. You got two games above the 8-8 eight and eight Bill O'Brien, even Steven threshold that went your way by hook or by crook, by bad call or review, by weird bounce or whatever, or injury to a key player like the other team's quarterback. 10-6, and six, bah, 
11 wins. Okay, you can sit down and write mom. Dear mom, what a season we just had. 11 wins. Of course, the Redskins have not had 11 wins since 1991. So we're coming up on 30 years of absolute futility. Longest such stretch without 11 wins in the NFL. I'm pretty sure about that. Don't quote me. Somebody, uh, the Lions have had one 11-win season in that span. I think the Browns did once, maybe not. Let's just see if Google is open at this hour. Longest streak of less than 11 wins NFL. And go. Uh, Longest winning streaks, uh, consecutive playoffs. Ah, I can't find it. Anyway, if you know the answer, get back to me. 11 and 5 is a really nice season. Write home to mom. Tell her how proud you are. 12 and 4 is a bona fide, we're a contender kind of season. 13 and 3 is a screamer of a good year in which you are just joyriding around the rest of the league. 14 and 2 is, you know, we probably could have won 15 or maybe all of them, but we just didn't try very hard. And if you're 15 and 1, you're like, well, shit, we had one bad day. We we met one good opponent, they got us. And of course, 16 and 0 has only been done once by the Patriots. And we know how that ended in the postseason. On the downside of things, I wonder now, okay, so what? Eight and nine. I, I sort of like the evenness of 16 games. Am I going to complain about an extra week? Of course not. It's more football. But I did like the evenness of 16 games. You could calibrate things off of it. It made sense to you. Seven and nine was stinky season. Six and 10 was, hey, coach, you better start updating your resume. Five wins mean you really suck. Four, three, two wins, you start with two. The two wins is basically like uh, the NFL. It's like the NFL's version of the SAT. You get two wins for just signing your name, and you begin with that. Although, sometimes teams manage to even go under that low bar. We shall see what we call these mediocre seasons. Is 8-9 mediocre? That's 17. Is 9-8 and eight a good season? Or is it basically just 500? I don't know. We're going to have to see about that. All right, some other sports things, and then we'll get to Mr. X, who's got a lot that is pent up on his plate. I don't know if this is sports or not, but it's interesting. A Nike executive had to quit her job Monday after it was found out that her son was using her company credit card to buy upwards of $132,000 in Kanye West limited edition sneakers. Now, the Yeezys are not under the Nike brand, but Nike does not permit its employees to participate in sneaker reselling. Now, the son of Ms. Bear is not an employee. He's just a 19-year-old rich-ass kid with some hustle. The, the 19-year-old by the name of Joe Hebert, or West Coast Joe, had built this shoe reselling business and was selling the shoes for more than $20,000 profit. 
A Nike spokesperson told Bloomberg that Ann had disclosed information about the business to her employer to her employer in 2018 and that there was no violation of company policy, but other sources in the Bloomberg report state that Joe previously used his mother's employee discount to purchase sneakers in bulk from Nike outlet stores. The kid denied ever receiving information from his mother and reportedly asked that his mom not be included in the Bloomberg story, but whoops, too late, you're famous, and she's now fired. Oh well, what are you going to do? Dr. Seuss has been canceled. I know, not all of Dr. Seuss, but six books now will not be published anymore, all because some wacko group by the name of Learning for Justice demanded that Dr. Seuss be removed from the acknowledgement on Read Across America Day because of, get this, his racial undertones in the books. Uh, Joe Biden, President Biden, followed presidential tradition in proclaiming March 2nd Dr. Seuss's birthday as Read Across America Day. So I guess this was March 2nd, because it was Dr. Seuss's birthday, uh, which, of course, uh, the real Dr. Seuss is Dr. Seuss, Seuss, uh, Geisel. Who is Dr. Seuss? Now i got to look this one up. Uh, Dr. Seuss, real name. I hate it. Theodore Geisel. Theodore Seuss Geisel. Uh, Dr. Seuss, as he goes by. So... Six books will not be published because uh, basically Biden and the current administration said, nope, not cool. They left old Dr. Seuss out of Read Across America Day. The books, according to the reports, are, and to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street, McElligot's Pool, On Beyond Zebra, Scrambled Eggs Super, The Cat's Quizzer, and... If I ran the zoo, (laughs) Dr. Seuss Enterprises, which caved like most of corporate America, agreed to cancel If I Ran the Zoo over a claim that a white male character illustrated dominance by carrying a gun on one of their pages. The same study says the book has examples of Orientalism and white supremacy. Never mind the fact that many of the characters are blue or yellow or Green. They say that the uh, non-white characters are all presented as in subservient, exotified, or in dehumanized roles, especially in relation to the white characters. Now Learning for Justice claims that anyone who defends Dr. Seuss's problematic work is a racial apologist and is making excuses for why bigotry doesn't matter. We're burning Dr. Seuss books. It is a digital burning. It's insanity. But you know this. This is how the world's been going. Somebody tweeted, I'm going to make a killing selling my kids Dr. Seuss books on the black market. Well, don't try to sell them on eBay. I bet that will soon be banned. Somebody else said, isn't it great we live in a world where Cardi B's wet-ass pussy can be a number one hit song while 80-year-old kids' books are being canceled? Priorities, man. And four years ago, 
some notable politician tweeted, Happy birthday, Dr. Seuss. The more you read, the more things you will know. The more that you learn, the more places you'll go. Who was that politician four years ago? Why, Kamala Harris. Oh, well, the mob has spoken, Homer. Either go with it or get trampled. Just because the NFL season is now firmly in the rearview mirror does not mean the betting season is over. Oh, no, 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 no. There is still plenty of opportunities to put a little something-something on the games. The NBA, college basketball, NHL, yes, golf. No matter what tickles your fancy, there is still plenty of action to whet your appetite. But just remember, where you bet is every bit as important, if not more so, than what you're betting on. That's why I tell my friends to go to mybookie.com. A-G. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big DraftKings fan duel, whatever. No, 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 no. Johnny come latelys. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does that matter? Oh, I don't know. In a million ways. Better lines, better payouts, less rules. You name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and have your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Now, make sure you read the rules on payouts regarding bonus wagering. It does require certain levels of wagering to collect your money, but if you just want to bet straight up, you don't want the deposit, you want to make a one-time bet for a million dollars, win it, and then walk away, Fine, you can do that as well. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and most importantly, get paid with my bookie today. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's talk some baseball, betting, and more with our man, Mr. X. If one listens closely enough, they can hear the faint cries for season totals. Season totals. It's like the tadpoles in the springtime, Mr. X. Your people are calling. How are we doing? Good. I'm going to start calling those people the tadpoles, I guess. Yes. <laughs> yes. The, the, the frogs go. You know, the, We're out of February. <laughs> we are out of February. And here comes baseball. Will Mr. X be releasing yet again for the 21st year in a row? Is it 21 now? Uh, we have done 21. For the 22nd straight year. Will you be releasing 
your season total baseball steam to those who are subscribers? Yay or nay? Oh, gosh, or yeah. maybe. We're already, we're already rolling. Oh, you are? Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All Great right. response this year. Great, great response so far. All I right. don't have them up. I'm still working it. Uh, I usually have everything ready by hopefully between 10 and 15 March. Okay. Very good. Yep. We got a lot yep. to catch up on. Uh, Mr. X emailed right. me and said, you know, there's a lot of things I listen to, and I felt like I was the kid looking out the window watching the neighbor kids swim in their pool while I had to stay in and do my homework, and that there was good <laughs> topics you would have liked to have been present for. I don't mind looping back to get the X take on them, so where should we start? Let's start with the Duke opt-out mm. story or the quitter story that has multiple layers to it. In fact, I'm counting three different layers. And I'll lay them out, and then I'll shut up and let you get your take. Layer one is just whether or not this kid, Jalen Johnson, quit or legitimately opted out in his own best interest. That's one debate. The next layer is, do coaches like Jim Beheim have any right to put his mouth on another program or another kid and declare it one way or the other? The third level is, how dare these kids still not get paid cold, hard cash? for their quasi-professionalism. So those are the three layers of the sandwich. What did you think? Well, I got to tell you, I, you know, you know, what do you call it? Old man shakes fist at sky. Yeah. Of course I'm old school, but with 20-year-olds under the wing here, I do start to see how this generation views it differently. The This generation is all about, yeah, great, but what about me? <laughs> as I call it. Sure. Yeah, great. Those are good rules, but I, everyone has to take care of themselves. None of the kids, I call it kids, if you're 20-something, have any issue with this. Now, in our day, it would be blah, 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 you quit on your team. But you know what? And, and by the way, the only issue I have with it is don't call it opt out. <laughs> opt out is what? when you choose not to participate. Right. But I don't have a problem with him quitting. The only thing I asked naively right away was, okay, you get a scholarship to be a student. If you quit, did you withdraw from class? And it's funny how the coverage never really mentions, are you still in school? I would assume no, but you surely can't take a scholarship, quit playing, and stay in school, which I'm guessing he quit school. Now, you know what? Anyone can quit college. You want to quit, you can quit and go home. It's my my understanding that he did not quit college and that he is not relinquishing his scholarship. He just literally was not sitting on the bench while coming back from injury. So you think he's still writing English papers? Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. okay. Writing or turning them in? Turn, turning them in. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big difference right there. <laughs> That's right. Um, but I, okay, I, so I, you're saying today's generation, your, your sons who are at that age, that college age, one just recently out, a couple more in the system right now. Two out, right. Two out, two in. Um, They don't mind guys, quote, quitting. Their attitude is, is, hey, why would he risk the last few weeks in a meaningless season when he's got millions ahead of him in the draft? That's They all look at just one man thing. Yeah. Yep. But by well, the way, let me. This reminds do, me. Do of, do your do your sons the two in two out? Do they care about the players getting paid cash? Is that a big oh, rally point for um, them? Well, we debate that a lot. I am squarely on the belief of how many thousands of kids get a two hundred thousand dollar gift to go to college for free, 
and that's a lot of payment. And right. I'm sorry that a handful could make millions while every lacrosse player and swimmer and golfer – collegiate sports is a great thing for schools, oh, yeah. for kids, for the kids playing, for the kids at school. And what it, you, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, here's a 200 grand scholarship for free. All we want you to do is practice and play sports. And, and then I do not care that Zion Williamson could have made a lot right. more money. I just don't think it's about them. I think that's the NBA's problem, not college's problem. Yeah. You, you and I are in lockstep on that. I say it's yeah. the greatest deal going. You get that yeah. that big two hundred thousand. I mean, that's an average, by the way. Fifty, you know, full scholarship is running what fifty grand at most of these schools. Yeah. Uh, you get the best trainers. You get the publicity of being on national TV if you are going to go pro. You get special tutors, special dorm rooms, everything. It's the it's such a great deal. That when a kid is put on scholarship after walking on the team, universities will often, or athletic departments will often film the moment he's told. Sure. And the kid breaks down in tears. And they'll show his mom breaking down in tears. That's how good of a deal it is. And if you were to upend that by professionalizing it, it opens up a whole host of other problems. Starting with taxes, that's number one. Secondly is, well, wait a minute. What's the entry draft to college basketball? Because if you're going to get paid, if you're going to get a professional league, then a professional league usually distributes how talent gets allocated to various teams. Are you willing to be drafted to Mississippi State when you really wanted to go to Indiana? And on and on and on and on. And the bottom line is they if it becomes a profit-making business, that's the day we have basketball and football and all other sports are gone right? because there's no need to carry them. But the biggest argument or debate we have, that's really funny, uh, X2 will say to me, okay, let's get this straight. Penn State, let's not go through all that they did with <laughs> the Sandusky era and right. this and this and this and this and that, and they got a wrist slap. Dad, tell me again, what did SMU do to get a death penalty? <laughs> they had some boosters paying money. And you're like, yeah, it's kind of messed up. It it was a different day and age. And okay. because of what that penalty did to SMU, the NCAA was very hesitant to ever do it again. Yeah. But, you know, the biggest thing I'll say on that, I always consider, okay, here I go back to my youth sports days. The biggest garbage any parent of youth sports falls on that same theory of well you know it's a commitment to the team and we can't let them down i always say translation my son's a really good pitcher and i want to see him throw it doesn't have a (laughs) damn thing to do with the commitment to the team and when i always would tell my after the first time a guy did that with me i always in my parent meeting would say you're raising your kids you need to use Little League as a motivation for whatever, for school, for home. For Use it. Don't hand me the, well, he's in trouble, but I don't want to let the other kids down. I just call BS on that. Yeah. You, need the kid to, you need the kid to miss the game because he's bad-mouthing his mother. Stay home. We'll be just fine. So what should the term be if you don't like opting out? And I agree with that. Quit. I mean, so a kid <laughs> has to say, I quit? Yeah. Oh, and going, I don't have a problem with quitting. I just want to call a spade a spade. Okay, so <laughs> so what? So so quit. I mean that. See, that's the thing though. In sports, quit is like that's the scarlet Q. Yes, 
it is okay. one of the most damaging things. Could you just say that you terminated your season early? Oh, fine. <laughs> fine. You, you know what I think really drove some of the people crazy? Like early on, Jay Billis caped up as a dookie for Kay and for Jalen Johnson. And he came at he came hard at Bayheim. And then something yeah. inconvenient happened for Billis. Duke won four in a row without him. <laughs> Actually, yeah. five in a row, I think it was. They're five and one now without him. Yeah. So they are better without him. Yeah. I, I never, I'm sorry, I've never been a Billis fan. My favorite college basketball game in history was when he got outscored 36 nothing at Virginia by <laughs> Samson. I never forget that game. <laughs> People remind him of that often. It's hard to lose 36 nothing in any game. Yeah. So, are you looking forward to the tournament? Oh, gosh, yes. I got yeah. a lot of work to do because we're doing that on the site as well. A lot of people sign up for the tournament. But one of my kids is just killing college basketball. So, we might have to, I might have to, might have to bring him under my wing a little quicker than I thought. By the way, the site is callmemrx.com. If you want more info, more service from Mr. X, go to callmemrx.com and find out what he's got to offer there. Um, I've got a lot of catching up to do because I've pretty much ignored college hoops all year. It's not the same for me without fans, but you're a harder core junkie than I am, and your kids are definitely into it as well. Speaking of kids and being into gambling in college, I just rewatched the third to last episode of The Sopranos in the final season. And it was the one where Tony finds out that his cousin's kids are really killing it bookmaking at Rutgers and making a lot of money and kicking up to Tony along the way. And he's like, he's basically saying to uh, AJ, his son, who's fallen into this depressed rut because his girlfriend broke up with him. He's like, you need to get out there and start hustling. He's, He's very envious that, you know, other kids of other people in his orbit we're making a lot of money illegal bookmaking in college. Yep, that's where a lot of it starts. That's where it starts. All right. Uh, Aristocats. <sighs> you were talking about that movie the other day. It comes it? with it. It, it is Aristocats is going to be hit with a warning label from Disney+. Oh, Plus. that's right. Well, you know what? The very first time, you know when you start out and when you first have kids and you got all these do this we're not gonna do that we're not gonna allow weapons in the house the next thing you know it's like hey as long as it's a fair fight you know let it go um <laughs> as long as you've got a sword and you've got a sword or whatever but i'll never forget the first time uh about a three-year-old just looks and, and was like he goes "Ooh, that's damn cold and you're like what <laughs> like, where'd <laughs> you learn that Wife looks at me, you know, like, oh, he must have copied you. And I'm like, I don't know where he ever heard that. And then you watch Aristocats. That cat falls in the water, and when he gets up in the Disney, he shakes and goes, ooh, that's damn cold. I'm like, really? <laughs> a, a G Disney movie? And you're, you're teaching them? But that's how the boys learn real quick. Um, as long as you throw dad under the bus, everything works. Really? Everything works. Oh, God, yeah. They learn that from the Aristocats? That started with the first time, Zabe, I'll never forget, walking down the hall one evening, and for the first time, all four boys are in the big king-size bed watching some video. I think it was Aristocats video. <laughs> okay. And, you know, they're eight, six, three, and two at this point. And I walk in there, and we, my wife and I walk down there, and there they are, spread out, watching this, 
with like a big bag of cookies, right? So I look at him and I said, you know, she gives me the look like, I said, boys, what's the rule on eating in bed? And without hesitation, they go, make sure you're on mom's side. (laughs) (laughs) Now, okay, I'd never said that. But she looks at me like, are you serious? And, And I can't, I never can stop laughing. And as soon as you laugh, it's like admitting guilt, you know? And, and and at that point, you could see the kids took note of, throw that under the bus, and we're off scot-free. And it, they never looked back. You know, 25 <laughs> years later, it's, well, Dad said, and boom, it's all over, man. <laughs> I, and by the way, it was a good it was a good get out. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's a pretty good line. They're thinking yeah. one step ahead there to, no to get you in trouble. No idea where it came from, but it works, you know. Is Tiger Woods cursed? You well, say, never... get out of here. Well, I like Tiger. I think I fall in the Tiger neutral category, um, if there's such a thing. I am in that category. I am Tiger neutral. I am in awe of his accomplishments, but I find a lot of what he has done distasteful. I don't root for him, but I appreciate his brilliance. In fact, he occupies the same orbit as LeBron. LeBron ain't my flavor, and he does a lot of shit that makes me roll my eyes, but his greatness is not deniable. I guess when I think of cursed, when you guys were talking about that, to me, cursed is like I did all the right stuff. And I just got some really bad luck. <laughs> and I don't call bad luck, you know, the whole affair issue and the driving so fast issue. I'd call that kind of some bad choices before I'd call it curse. I know. I just threw that out there. I don't I didn't really yeah. mean to think that anyone think that I believe that. I just was looking at the yeah. big picture of everything, and you're like, wow, what's going on there? I actually had an email that flew into my inbox from some random place that was a collection of comments from some Reddit thread, yes. and the conspiracy is that hackers took control of his fancy new Genesis. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Sure. Cut the brakes. It was Russian collusion. Cut the brakes, <laughs> hit the accelerator. They set it to maim, not to kill. They could have done it if they wanted to, and on and on and on. Now, that sounds crazy, but as cars become more networked, the possibility of that becomes more real all the time. Well, that company never got themselves a better um, free marketing for the safety of their car, did they? I forgot the brand, but... Yeah, Genesis. It was the new Genesis SUV, which I'm sure is a sweet-ass ride. Yeah. But I I just don't know if we're... Are we ever going to get a real answer as to what happened? Like, if Tiger says he can't remember the accident, what can he remember? Can he remember saying, well, you know, I I was on my phone or I was running late or... I didn't know that stretch of road. Will he give any explanation yeah. for this accident? Yeah, he doesn't owe us one. You know, he's suffered. Well, That's fine oh, with me. Owing. He doesn't owe me an explanation. I, okay. Hmm? I, I don't know. I'm not saying the whole thing about owing. I'd respect him more if he had some explanation. Like, sure. He could have killed somebody. True. I can't believe he didn't get a reckless driving charge. You know, there was a driver that slid off of a snowbank, off an overpass in Milwaukee, 70-foot drop. It was a mega overpass. Caught on security camera footage, and he got hit with a reckless driving ticket and, like, two other moving violations. 
He lived. It yeah. was a snowy, it was like a, a, a treacherous, snowbanked overpass. <laughs> and Tiger's going to get nothing out of this. So, whatever. Yeah. All right. Small planes. Have you been on one? Oh, God, yes. I take, uh, it used to take a little uh, 10 seater from Boston up to Maine. I think that's where you took it. I, I haven't been I, to Bar Harbor. I, I took a, a twin turboprop from Boston okay. to Bar Harbor, yeah. but I think yeah. it was more like 20 seats. Okay. Well, I'll tell you, I did it a couple of years, and I won't do it again, but the worst <laughs> part was I sat in that front row. You know, you only got one seat of rows, uh, about 10 of us, and I'm, I was in the front, and, like, the door to the cockpit, if you call it that, it was so small, was left open, and when you can see that dashboard, yeah, it sucks. It's like, excuse me, that's flashing. Are you paying any attention? <laughs> Doesn't it mean something? And like the whole time I was nervous as hell because I was like, this guy's up here on autopilot and there's stuff flashing over here. It was not fun, man. man. So this would be the DHC 8-200-8 twin turboprop United Express. I'm looking at it right now. And apparently the final United Express turboprop flight operated on January 7th of 2018. So they're now all small jets. We took one of those, my wife and two daughters, yeah. from Boston to Bar Harbor, and it was a wild ride. Damn, only only rich folks fly into Bar Harbor. We didn't. We were sick of the drive. <laughs> one year we were sick of the damn drive, and we splurged on on airfare. <laughs> Why? Yeah. You've ever flown into Bar Harbor? Tiny little airport. No, I can't afford to fly there. Oh, shut up! Just hit a parlay. <laughs> <laughs> only fly yeah. as much as you can afford to win or something like go. that. That's right. All right. Next topic. Uh, cruises. You've been oh. on just one cruise, but you say it was legendary. Well, I, we went on our anniversary. And of course, at the end, a seven day cruise, at the end, you say, you know what? This is something you do every year. And yeah, that was the last one. <laughs> So wait, you had such a good time on your anniversary. You're like, this is fun. Let's do it every year. And then what Then what happened the next year? Well, four kids in six years, man. Oh. <laughs> four so kids the, in six years. So the bloom was off the rose right away yeah. on cruises. Yeah, yeah things, things got busy. But you know what? I uh, The reason it was... People take cruises with their kids, you know. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, again, and they fly to Bar Harbor, but I don't have that kind of money. Okay. I can't stop crying poor for God's sake. Get away from my kids. (laughs) Okay, fine. But you know what? We um, were on that um, honeymoon cruise, and on day two, they had, uh, you know, it was about over 2,000 people on that ship. On day two, they drew names for a newlywed game, they were broadcasting. All right. Oh, yes. <laughs> I was up at the bar, and they called my number. I screamed bingo. Mrs. X was not real happy with that whole thing. But we did the full-blown, like, old-school newlywed game in front of the whole ship. Really? Oh, God, yeah. And let's just say um, she's one who likes to stay in the background and invisible, and damn, I'm kind of the opposite. And so they immediately haul her off into some soundproof bar to not hear. And you know the game. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Now, you know the most famous response to the newlywed game of all time. The apocryphal tale. Yeah, would that be the butt bob? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We had that question. All right. So go ahead. Continue on. Well, 
anyway, so, you know, it was, it got to, let's put it this way. We, we, you know, when they get to that last question and they say, you're in fourth place, get this big bonus question right, you're still in fourth place by a mile. We were so god-awful. But um, let's just say we were um, a little flamboyant. We, ha- we were going at it. It was hilarious, even though we couldn't get anything right. Yeah. And uh, we made, you know, we were now virtually known by everyone on that ship. And, you know, Mrs. X didn't particularly like being known. We couldn't get in line at a buffet without, hey, the newlywed guys. Hey, we're going up the the falls in Jamaica. And and people were like, hey, it's the newlywed guys. (laughs) And she wasn't happy with the notoriety because, you know, we were just kind of going at it pretty good. And a, a year later, one year after the cruise, we were at an Outback Steakhouse. This is 1994. And you're waiting for a seat. And this couple comes up and starts talking to us like we're best friends. And, you know, my wife and I are talking to them. We're looking at her like, are they your friends? Are they your friends? We don't have any idea. We're waiting. We're waiting. And finally, after a few minutes, they say, so have you been on any more cruises lately? I'm like, oh, really? Man. You were on that ship and you think I know who you are? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you became famous for that. Well, yeah. oh, at least you God. didn't embarrass yourself with the in the butt. I've got a fi- 11 yeah. minutes of funniest newlywed game moments. Who is the host of this again? Bob Tell me where specifically is the weirdest place that you personally, girls, have ever gotten the urge to make whoopee? Olga? Um. (laughs) Go ahead. In the. So there it is in the ass. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's fun. talk. Let's talk baseball. Uh, okay. Where do you want to start? Let's start with a history update on our run on my shows, radio shows, this podcast okay. on over unders, season totals. Uh, right. Where do we stand? Twenty one years of data here. Well, you know what? I got some emails after you made the comment about what I've done on the show, and they're right because I went. 15 years with you through 2014 on your various shows around the nation. And we hit 80% on the nose, 68 and 17. And that's when I retired. And the following year, 2015, we did one and only one out at Zabe Vegas. Right. And hit that. Dang. Then in in 2016 came back like Brett Favre. (laughs) (laughs) And we went on your shows again and went seven and two over those three years. So then enter Zabecast slash callmemrx.com. Right. And we have done a lot of baseball talk, but the totals the last two years have been on the site. So people were saying to me, hey, you haven't made those picks on the Zabecast. And that is correct. So when well, I count them, Okay. Uh, the last two years, we went eight and three on our best bets online. Um, so, okay. Okay, hold I on. So, so ahead. what we need to do then is okay. once the season has launched and the windows are closed, you need to disclose what your picks were okay. for transparency because 
That way, people that want to move on them and make money are going to still have to pay you your fee, which is fair enough. But then we've got transparency after the fact. So it could be a week later. You're not going to know the outcome after a week or even a month. No. Well, if anybody wants that, sure. That's, it's, we, we should do it. We should also. do it for yeah. transparency. That's yeah, all. But the point is what they were saying was, oh, those don't count because we didn't get to get to what get to no. bottom. Fuck, oh, fuck you. 80% yeah. for 16 years, and now you're going to start quibbling because there's a couple years behind the curtain? Well, get last, last year, uh, even though I hit the top four, we did go four and two. So we're now down to 79%, say. That was a tough one. <laughs> a tough was a year. Tough one. I try to be accurate on my uh, recaps here. Yes. Okay. So, Will, as a, I know, as a broad overview of MLB, Last year, we had an all-time high of teams simply not trying to win at all. Is that trend going to continue, or have some of the teams who have sat on the sidelines the last two years decided to get back in the business of actually trying? That's a great question. I, I think there is more, quote, tanking than ever. I also think there's more people looking for a th- to put the term tanking on a bad team. Um, it, you know, anytime you're not willing to overspend, is that really a tank? Good you know, question. I, I don't know. I will say, like, for example, I felt like the last two years, you and I have talked about how the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer, and the gap is growing. But by the way, in baseball, the gap between first and last is still so much closer than every other sport. The best team wins sixty percent of their games. That doesn't, and the, and the worst team wins forty percent. Try that in the NBA, you know, where they're going nineteen and sixty. You know, nobody wins. So games. wait, so the, uh-huh. the the winning percentage gap in baseball is wider from top to bottom than any other sport. No, it's narrower. Oh, no, okay, narrower. good. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I've never yeah. actually thought of that statistic. And I'd like to take a look at it sport by sport. I would imagine baseball or football is the narrowest because it's got the fewest games. It's the widest because you can go 14 and 2 or 2. Oh, you're right. You're right. It's 100%. If you do percent wise, it's a a big gap. You're right. As percentage, percentage, it could be an 80 to 90% swing. Right. And if somebody had gone winless the year the Patriots went undefeated, (laughs) then you got a 100% swing. Yeah, bottom line is, you know, when the Jets are playing the best team, you know, they got a shot to win. or But they don't have a shot to win. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. They're not going to win. But when the team – but, you know, when you're the worst baseball team, yeah, you're going to beat the Dodgers sometimes. Sure. Because you, you win 40% of the time, even if you're the worst. You know, the NBA, you get all these teams that when they tank, oh, they tank. I mean, they're going to go 15 and, you know, 67. Right. You don't get that in baseball. But I, I actually thought when the, the point is the rich getting really rich and the poor getting really poor, I thought it was going to be harder. And I felt a little bit uncomfortable the last two years. And, of course, I hit the top four picks both years. So in some ways I think maybe it's not as hard as I keep thinking it is. <laughs> um, but, you know, last year was really, really different because they had the totals out. We were rolling in March and then, boom, shut down. Mm-hmm. And when they resurfaced, I really think Vegas blew it last year. I've never read really? this, but well, what they did is they, for the most part, they took the percentage that you were going to get in 160 and applied it to 60. You know, if you were a 500 club, they put you at 30. 30. Out did of 60. they not account for those teams that had certain players opting out? 
that wasn't really. Unless or does that not matter? Call that not being big. But I guess when I looked at a 60 game sprint, I viewed it very, very differently. And let's put it this way. The teams I had singled out that I was going to pick in March were not the ones we ended up playing in July because it was a different game. A 60-game sprint, I didn't care about the depth of your bench. I didn't care about the depth right. of your bullpen. My attitude was, what manager is going to juggle his lineup and keep people fresh when a five-game losing streak, you're in danger of missing the playoffs? Right. So I viewed it as very different, where depth was critical in 160. I, I kind of threw out a lot of the depth in 60. You know, and, and for the most part, you know, we drilled it and I didn't. So, for example, oh, oh um, more importantly, it was the schedule change. You know, when the, that new schedule was basically the East plays the East. Right. So wait a minute. Um, if you're the wor- best or worst in your division, you're going to do better or worse. And that's what I mean by they didn't adjust the numbers to this. That's, Usually a baseball that's schedule. That's crazy. But, I, you know, if you were – you take the Red Sox. They were an 81-win team, according to Vegas. When they redid that schedule and I looked at it and I said, you know, you put the two East together, those 10 teams, they're not better than but two. So how do you play 500 when seven out of nine teams are better than you? And the Red so Sox have, came in to port with yep. how many wins? God, I don't know, 20? <laughs> right, 20. way under. They were, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a Sox guy, but they were a top pick last year under because once I saw the schedule, you know, there's no KC and Detroit on the schedule. They're not going to get anywhere near 500 right. playing just the, so they, they were, they were like 20, the they were like 20 and 40, which would have been 20 games under 500 when they were projected to be a dead, even 81 and 81. Right. Did a yeah. 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 And I, I'm pretty sure they got hot to get to that 20. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, they were terrible. yeah. They, they, they stunk on ice and they pretty much shut it down. By the way, can you name the disparity in top payroll number? It's the Dodgers and the lowest payroll, the Indians, according to the latest spotrack.com MLB payroll list for coming up this year. Yep. Take I'm a stab. I have never looked at. I'm going to guess the Dodgers are at 240 million, maybe a little more. 238, 322. Oh, yeah, you're right on it. 238, 322, and that is 40 million more than the number two team, the Yankees. Well, there's a rule that Buddy and I came up with about 20 years ago, and why the Yanks and the Dodgers keep spending, and it's because. The only thing dumber that's spending two hundred and ten million on a team is not spending two hundred and forty. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're already there, let's go. It's you sort of like this. people ask, "Why does McDonald's still advertise?" Everybody knows what McDonald's <laughs> is; they know where they are. Well, the yeah. answer is to stay on top, and they, they got see, the money to do it. See, the, the first time we're driving to Maine. The kids immediately, they're sitting in these car seats, two, three years old, are, are pointing at the arches and wanting to stop. And again, the wife and I are looking at each other, have you ever taken them there? No. Have you ever taken them there? How the hell do they know what McDonald's is? They're born <laughs> right. with it. Right. They, they get it somewhere. All right. So, you know, I'm, so, yeah, they, so you know, Dodgers, Yankees, Mets, Phillies, Astros are your top five. And the okay. Dodgers, with the Bauer acquisition, have zoomed all the way up to $238 million, which is insane. Who's at the bottom? The Indians. What's their payroll? 
it's usually Oakland and KC. I'm going to guess the Indians are 44. 38 million. Pretty darn wow. close. Since yeah. you never look at it, you're pretty much close. Yeah. The bottom five are the Indians, the Pirates, the Orioles, the Marlins, and the Rays. Well, yeah, they're always down. That's what's so impressive about that organization. Uh, they can keep winning and keep churning and keep letting people go. But you know, that's – I don't know. That's the thing with – actually, my son and I were talking about this. I think this is analytics. I've not heard anyone say this. I think this is analytics because in the old days, you said, okay, we're uh, an 81-win team, and hey, look, this um, second baseman is available on the free agent market. Let's get better. Let's sign him. Now you got analytics guys going, yeah, if you give him $14 million, you're going to add 0.8 wins to your roster. And you're like, okay, never mind. Right. Because now that they can quantify it and say – do I really want 1.3 wins? Because they really can tell you okay. that it's not the impact you think it is. So now they're passing, saying we're not spending. How accurate are those calculations for wins above replacement or war? Well, it, 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 I guess the answer is if they're not, it's still it's still the language you're using. In other words, it's the only metric that everyone yeah, uses. Yeah. So whether it's yeah. true or not is irrelevant. It's consistent. And right. they're constantly it's, checking it against outcomes and other players, and they're comping. 330 right. hitter with 20 home runs versus 320 hitter. For, you know, They sort of do the comps, and they go, well, this is what historically these players have added. I've been it, shocked when I have seen what seemingly are paltry additional wins attributed to a player or a pitcher who yes. seemingly is the biggest name of the free agency offseason. Yeah, you're right. Well, what it, what it see what it comes down to is, you know, in the old days, if you and I owned the team and we said, well, you know, our second baseman hits 270. Look, this guy's available. He's going to hit 320. Let's get him. But now the analytics guys walk in and say, sure. And for that big contract, you get 1.8 wins. And I look at you and go, yeah, we don't. You know, if, when I'm reaching in my wallet for 1.8 wins or two wins, I better need those two wins because that's a lot of money. But now that it's quantified, even if it's off. I think, personally, it's starting to have an impact of a little bit of sanity of, you know, those guys aren't worth as much as we thought they were. It, you know, two wins just means a lot more than saying hit hit 310. Right. Hit 310 sounds great. Two wins doesn't sound like $14 million to me. So even a guy like Bauer, I'm looking yep. at his numbers here. You know, last year went 5-4 and four in the shortened season. In yeah. 2019, but he went good. Yeah, he well, yeah, he had a 1.73 ERA. Right. Uh he got hurt in 2019, right? Cuz he got traded. Well, no, he got uh no, he got split out this year. He, that year he was Cleveland, he was 9 and 8 and he was 2 and 5 with Cincinnati. Right. Um and then uh, prior to that, you know, you're talking 12 and 6, 17 and 9, 12 and 8, 11 and 12. So you're talking about another guy might have gone 7 or 8 wins. So you got to give all four wins. Like, what is the win, additional yeah. win number associated with a guy like Bauer? I don't know his WAR, but I'll bet it's four. And 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 the biggest thing that the WAR rating did is it reminded people: if you don't have this guy, 
you don't get a zero on the test. Okay, somebody else is going to step <laughs> right. up and play. Right, we'll fill his spot on the on the right. team. Yeah, it's like yeah, he's great. And if you don't, that's why they call it above replacement. Because the point is, you're going to get an average guy. It's <laughs> right. like fantasy. So I'm getting somebody in the last round. You know, I'm not going to have. A, I'm not taking a zero. So, so is a guy like Bauer worth it? Well, I, I don't like Bauer's damn good. Worth it is a Dodger term. You know, if you're going to spend $210 million and come in second, go get Bauer. Because <laughs> you'd rather spend 240 and come in first. Right. That's what I mean by once you're there, there ain't no reason to take 210 and, and not go, okay, I, I want to I lock this down. So, I mean, in a sense, it almost, even though they're the best team, it almost makes more sense for them to overspend because – you know, they're, they're just look, trying to lock it down. Anybody else is kind of measuring it. It's like, you know, spending that much and not making that one last sign, it's like, well, then why spend it at all? So I kind of, I, I'm, you know, I think it was great. I mean, they're loaded. They, they right. got eight starters better than anybody else's two. I know. Uh, baseball Reference has uh, yeah. a war section under player value and pitching. They've got a bunch of other extra things that I don't even know what they are. But uh, Bowers' war last year was 2.7. Two point yeah, seven well, in a sh- in a shortened season, short, so yeah. you have to apply yeah. more to that. His highest WAR was five point eight. Four or five is pretty good for a starting pitcher. Yep. Yeah, and yet you yeah. think that's only two extra wins, three extra wins for a team that if you add them to the Dodgers, they're already expected to win ninety eight games. So do uh, you really need the extra two? Yeah. It's insurance. That's all it is, is insurance. One more guy so that if the first four get hurt, we're not screwed. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Exactly. They go eight deep in that rotation. And, yeah, they're they're actually – they're over under 103 and a half. Yeah. They're they're – they're gonna. They're gonna. They could threaten some uh, records this year. For sure. All right. Uh, why betting? Uh, betting. Betting on baseball games for those that are new with fresh accounts and all these legalized betting uh, sites, and of course those who are already on mybookie.com, the official uh, website for getting some action right here on the Zabecast. They're like, all right, I think I'll bet individual baseball games. Is it fun? Is it easy? What's it like? Good question. First of all, the totals are clearly um, clearly the easiest bet to make in baseball. That's There's, you know, 21 Why? years of hitting 80%. Big oh, oh yeah, season totals. Big, big sample not size. Season big totals, not right. individual game right. totals. Now, individual games, I would say, the bottom line is it's a marathon, not a sprint. And most bettors don't have that kind of patience to put up with it. You know, when you bet on Sunday football and lose, you know, okay, bad beat. You got a week to lick your wounds and come back at it. You know, baseball is the next day. There's 15 more on the card and baseball games are toss ups. And I know lock is a silly term period, but there are no locks in a baseball game. You know, I don't care who's playing, you know, the huge underdog could win the game. You never get a feeling like this is I'm going to load up on this game. If you load up on a baseball game, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you beat baseball by just grinding out a long season over and over and over and nobody has the patience for that. I mean, I did it for decades, but most players can't do that. You know, they want to you got to grind out So when you dogs. when you look at it when you look at a lineup of games to bet on, what are you looking mm-hmm. for? I mean, obviously well, the pitching matchups dictate the odds. 
right? And that can be overrated a lot. So that's a really important point. When I when I was pounding daily baseball in the 1990s and grinding it out, what I basically do is I tell I, I would always I would go through and I would circle the winner every morning of every game. Then I would look at the odds. And any time, and, and a lot of the games, you don't circle. You go, I don't you, know, that's a toss-up. You would circle, you would circle your projected winner. Projected winner, Not the I'm actual, sorry. yes. And a lot of them I'd leave blank because I'm like, I don't know, it's a toss-up. <laughs> then I look at the odds. And if you show me a game that I couldn't pick the winner and there's an underdog, I just take it. Got I just it. take it. My theory is so many of the games are 50-50. I would just put underdog, 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 because, you know, you get plus odds, and you try to go 500, and you grind out wins. But you don't have that football 2-0 and parlay, sweetheart Sunday, where you're yeah. all ecstatic. You have to grind it over time. And few people have that kind of patience. Or and aren't you, aren't you waiting till the deep afternoon to find out if certain guys are going to go? Because there's always injuries, guys coming off the DL, et cetera. I'll be honest. No? No. Not compared <laughs> okay. to football. Not compared to, and, and only with the theory of, again. So wait, if Juan Soto has been out with a hamstring for the Nats and he's uh -huh. due back any day now, you don't want me to wait on a Thursday afternoon to see if that's the case before firing in? No, because I'm not playing that game, and after he's been back for three days, I'm back off. Okay. Okay? I don't need to be first. Okay. So what I'm getting at is there's so many 50-50 games that if this third baseman is benched for his backup, hey, let's go back to war. It's not a big difference. Okay? Yeah. So I don't have that same kind of, uh-oh, the wide receiver is not going to go after all. It doesn't matter. I'll take those 50-50 plays when you're giving me the advantage because the favorites are favored by too much, if that makes sense. So you got to grind it, though, and it's a long process, which is not the thrill in front of a Sunday afternoon. That's for darn sure. You know that. All right. Uh, exit question. What's the plan for callmemrx.com for baseball? Oh, well, you know, we, we're, I, I resist – the constant uh, asking of will you do daily baseball for some of the reasons I just said I will not. But we do season totals, and we have different levels, kind of for all different um, levels of gamblers. If you just want to fire in and do a couple totals, we have plans for that. But if you're more into wanting to know everything about every team, we got that too. I try to cater to the different levels. But, yeah, we'll be, we'll be putting up the um, season-long totals uh, shortly. And in terms of subscriptions – you pour a lot of you pour probably two hundred dollars into subscription services for Hulu, Netflix, YouTube, Disney Plus, the Zabecast. Why not pay for the Call Me Mister X subscription by hammering the season totals? Because it's as reliable of a return as any. But we use the evil Knievel method, which is. Well, remember the days of Evil Knievel. He gets paid the same for jumping the canyon. It doesn't matter if he gets the side or not. You pay him for the effort and the preparation. Yeah. And if if Evil, you know, hits the canyon and goes downstream, you know, he gets paid the same amount. Right. It's just whether it gets paid to him or his widow is the yeah. difference. So, all well, right. We certainly have a run going, so it's been fun. Thanks. All right. Very good. Mr. X will talk to you soon. Thanks. All right. Take there care, We'll end on this. The lockdown and mask dam is finally breaking. Texas became the 14th state to repeal its statewide mask mandate, and Governor Greg Abbott, Republican, 
said that he declares the state 100% open. We'll see if he gets any local pushback, blowback, or foot dragging on this, but it seems like a pretty clear signal that this thing is about to unravel and unravel quickly. Of course, it comes way later than many of us wished it would have. Because if you look at any of the actual data or charts regarding comparable states with mask mandates and without, there's no difference in the pandemic curves of those states. There is nowhere in which mask wearing has had any discernible dent in the overall shape of the pandemic. Does it mean masks don't work? Well, they don't work to actually impact the trajectory of a virus. They may work if you're walking past somebody wearing a mask who, ah, and they're infected and you get hit with, you know, few fewer droplets of goop than you would have otherwise. So in theory, they might work if the Conditions are perfect, but as far as the overall mitigation of the pandemic, masks don't work. Data. Look it up if you don't believe me. Of course, a lot of people just want to believe masks. It's like their their security blanket. They want to believe in it. It's like a it's like a magic talisman that they wear to protect and ward off the evil COVID spirits. I saw people tweeting today about how. Governor Abbott's going to own the ensuing deaths and the cases and the carnage and the suffering. Really? Really? So with the lockdown mask dam finally breaking, it's of course uh, time to recognize and thank all the uh, data collectors, researchers, brave doctors, and academics who didn't just go along with the crowd, the influencers, the journalists, and the writers who protested all this nonsense from the beginning because they did yeoman's work and helped inform people that wanted to be informed, that were curious, that said, oh, really? And you sought these people out on Twitter and other social media and you read their stuff and you said, yeah, that's I, that definitely makes sense. Why am I not hearing that anywhere else? These were people that were willing to call the data call the data for no money. They were willing to ask hard questions. They were smarter, most of these people, than the government buffoons. Like the guy who said, this mask I'm holding in my hands is in many ways better than a vaccine. As ludicrous as a proposal or, or statement as when Eddie Murphy said in the special Eddie Murphy Raw, he did his bit about, as a kid, his mom would say, I make hamburgers better than McDonald's. Better than McDonald's? A a disposable cloth mask is better than a vaccine? But yes, that's what the head of the CDC, old Dr. Redford, said over the summer. He was full of shit. Jerome Adams, the former Surgeon General, saying, seriously, people, stop buying masks. That was February 29th of last year. Surgeon General. But the biggest disappointment for many of us is that over the last year, it wasn't just wackos like Bill Gates or the World Health Organization or politicians or academics or journalists who are just banging the drum of fear and paranoia. It was instead our neighbors and even our family at times. 
who just lost all sense of perspective. And they were so willing to say, just tell us what to do, government. And then treating other people like lepers or lunatics or criminals if they dare not wear a mask for two fucking seconds. Oh, my God. So let's hope that we are on the verge of getting through this and out of this. Rapper Zuby had a great tweet today. Rapper Zuby, yeah. COVID-19, he says, is the first virus with a whole marketing department and a fan base. Yes. The money spent on, be scared of this thing, be very afraid. And the fan base of people rooting for it. That's why I said a long time ago, you were either on Team Virus or Team Reality. There was no in-between. Somebody else tweeted, there's no such thing as an anti-masker. There's only maskers. People who don't wear masks are doing what they've always done, which is not wearing a mask. And then there's this headline from the New York Times. Quote, the U.S. is edging towards normal, alarming some officials. Oh, if we all had a penny every time some officials were alarmed or concerned the open table data is continuing to climb. That's for restaurant reservations. Air travel data is going up. Hotel occupancy is going up. Tens of millions of Americans in 35 plus states are not going to sit around and wait for the CDC to declare this over and give the all clear. In fact, some have said this is going to end up sort of like the 1918 Spanish flu pandemic, which after about 18 months, it fell apart because people just said that's enough. This can't go on forever. Somebody referenced a saying, and it might have been a Wall Street phrase. I don't know if you have heard this one before. Let me know where you heard it came from. Everything takes longer than you expect and then happens faster than you can imagine. Boy, I think that one is on the mark here. It has been way too long for us to get to this point now. But I think it's going to happen faster than you can imagine. All right, that will be a wrap for today. Thank you so much, as always, for downloading and listening. If you liked what you heard, consider supporting the cause by signing up for Fridays as well. Go to zabe.com slash premium, a mere $5 a month, as my voice is cracking, $5 a month, and you can get it for uh, 11 months or 12 months for the price of 11 if you sign up for a year at a time. Again, go to zave.com slash premium or don't. Just freeload Monday through Thursday. That's perfectly fine as well. But if you do freeload, do me a favor. Tell a friend. Say, hey, here's a good podcast to add to your diet of podcasts, okay? You'll like this guy. A little bit irascible, a little bit cranky at times, pretty full of himself, but actually self-deprecating and willing to give opposing views a fair shake at least, or at least examine them critically before saying, bah, full of shit. Thanks for listening. Have a great Wednesday, and we will see you next time. Just because the NFL season is now firmly in the rearview mirror does not mean the 
betting season is over. Oh, no, 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 no. There is still plenty of opportunities to put a little something-something on the games. The NBA, college basketball, NHL, yes, golf. No matter what tickles your fancy, there is still plenty of action to whet your appetite. But just remember, where you bet is every bit as important, if not more so, than what you're betting on. That's why I tell my friends to go to mybookie.com. A-G. Oh, but my state just approved it. There's a big DraftKings fan duel, whatever. No, 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 no. Johnny come latelys. My bookie has been ahead of the game for years now. And why does that matter? Oh, I don't know. In a million ways. Better lines, better payouts, less rules. You name it. Plus, you get a bonus with me at mybookie.ag. Use promo code ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and have your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000. Now, make sure you read the rules on payouts regarding bonus wagering. It does require certain levels of wagering to collect your money. But if you just want to bet straight up, you don't want the deposit, you want to make a one-time bet for a million dollars, win it, and then walk away, fine. You can do that as well. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and most importantly, get paid with my bookie today.